Welcome to the First Pres podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. Hear now the word of the Lord. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. For the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. And from Second Peter. But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with fabricated stories. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. We're grateful for the word of the Lord. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your word. And we thank you, Lord, that you do speak to us. You don't leave us to wander alone in the dark, finding our own way, but you give us your word, you give us your light, you lead us on your way. So, Lord, be with us in such a way that we can understand and receive your word and look to Jesus, our Savior. In his name we pray. And the people said, Amen. Amen. Well, what do you think about what you think when you think about what you think about. You with me? What do you think about what you think when you think about what you think about? How, how do you think about what you know? How confident are you in what you think about things? Well, it depends, doesn't it? What do you think about what you think about diet and fitness? Do you feel pretty good there? Do you know enough? Are you confident that you have everything right? Do you th- on a score of 1 to 10, how would you score yourself on what you think about what you think about your health? Are you sure? What do you think about what you think about parenting? Oh, boy. <laughs> Did you give it a... Six? Did you give it a five? Where are you? What do you think about what you think about when you think about parenting? What do you think about when you think about the economy, financial planning, money management? How do you feel about how you think about those things? Are you an expert? Are you right on top of your game? Do you know everything about that? What do you think about when you think about what you think about? Okay. How about God? How about Jesus? What do you think about what you think about God? I've heard it said that when we're young, we're malleable, we're open, we haven't had a lot of experiences, and so we can incorporate new information easily, change our views. We're kind of, you know, we're flexible. But when we get older, we're like cement, all mixed up and set for life. And it takes a little bit of energy 
to break that up, to, to incorporate new ideas and new information. But what if your view of God was formed with some misunderstandings? What do you think about what you think about God? We adjust our view of other things. We adjust our view of, of health. We adjust our view of our diets. We adjust our view of our parenting philosophies. We, we accept when scientists tell us that Pluto is a planet and then they tell us that it isn't a planet. We say, okay, fine, you know, I can adjust. But what about what you think about God? Somehow, in our religious lives, we're, not, we're just not as ready to adjust and grow, even though the truth is that none of us is done growing in knowledge of God. Amen? We all have some distance to go. So what do you think about what you think about God? If we're not careful about this, we'll find ourselves stuck in a cement of a false view of who God is, what God cares about, how God addresses good and evil, life and death, and everything else. And if we move out on a false foundation, assuming God is like this or not like that, and we start to make decisions in our lives based on a wrong view of God, see, what happens is, with each decision made, there's more pressure to maintain the view on which that decision was, was formed. Do you see? And so the cement gets pressurized as we say, well, I made that decision based on that view of God, so now I can't go back and change that because now I'm, I'm, I'm invested. The cement hardens around false assumptions of who God is. Instead of living in true knowledge of God, we get lost under false assumptions about God. And so the question comes, will you allow God to correct your views? Will you let the Lord be Lord of your mind? The Lord is Lord of my mind. Well, what does all this have to do with the third commandment? The third commandment says, don't take the Lord's name in vain. It's one of the first commandments I remember really thinking about as a kid. You know, and you say, well, I've got to watch out. I've got to not say those particular words, even though all the other kids say those words. I'm, I'm going to be someone who doesn't say those words, you know, because I love God. No, you love Jesus. You love the Lord. And, and you know, isn't it rude to use someone's uh, name as a curse word? I mean, you wouldn't do that. If you love the Lord, you're not going to use the Lord's name as some kind of a curse. That's not nice. And so I thought about how hard, well, boy, this is a challenge. And, of course, this is the commandment that gets all the easy jokes. The pastor's walking down the street, sees a man that he hasn't seen in church for a while. And he stops him and says, well, how are you doing? I haven't seen you for a while. The man says, oh, yes, pastor, I've been, I've been playing golf on Sunday mornings. He says, what? And skipping church? And the man says, oh, but pastor, I hear more people cry out to the name of the Lord on the golf course <laughs> every Sunday morning than I ever do in church. <laughs> right? <laughs> ha, ha, ha. <laughs> but if you think the third commandment is really just about not using this or that word. You've got a lot of thinking to do. Hold on. 
See, when the Bible says the name of God, when the Bible talks about the name of the Lord, it isn't just talking about certain proper names or, you know, certain words that are not to be used irreverently. No, the name of God means a lot more than that. The name, just like we use that word, the name is the reputation. You protect your name, you protect your reputation. Well, God protects His good name, and He cares about His reputation. So it's not a a silly, superficial commandment about, about cussing. This is a very deep and theological topic. The name of God is all God has revealed to us about Himself. It's God's character. To misuse the name of God, then, is not just about irreverent language. It's about bending the truth about God that God Himself has revealed. God tells us who He is. The third commandment asks, will you have God as Lord of your mind? When what you think about God or have come to to understand about God disagrees with what God has declared about Himself in His holy word, what are you going to do? Are you going to allow the Lord to be Lord of your mind? Take every thought captive. The Lord is Lord of your mind. Now Moses, he wanted a proper name. Back in Exodus chapter 3, when he was being sent to rescue God's people out of slavery in Egypt, he, he asked, Moses asked God in the burning bush, what should I tell them your name is? They're going to want a name. And God said to Moses, he said basically, Moses, just tell them, I am who I am. They'll know what you're talking about. Tell them it's me. There's no mistaking it. He goes on Exodus 3.15, God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. They'll know what you're talking about because they'll recognize the story of my faithfulness in all of those chapters. Tell them this is the one who has sent me to you. And then it goes on, Exodus 3.15, this is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. What God is basically saying to Moses is there's, there is no name. I'm not going to give you a name. You can't look at my driver's license and prove my identity by matching up some particular word. I am God. I am the Lord. I am who I am. Now Moses and those who follow, they took what God said there and they, they kind of made a name out of it, didn't they? And they said, well, God's name then is is I am, because I asked him what his name was, and he said, I am, that I am. And we use that as kind of a proper name of God, Yahweh, as if that were his name. But what I understand God to be saying there is that, listen, my reputation, my character, all that I have done, my identity, it's too large to be contained in some single word. The name of the Lord is all that he has proven himself to be to us. Now, as we come to learn, God is willing to reveal it all. Not in a name, but in a person, his son, Jesus Christ. 
Now lean in and follow with me this morning. This gets a little philosophical. You think, oh, I thought, this was, I, thought I just wasn't supposed to, to cuss this morning. Well, you're not supposed to cuss. But this gets a little philosophical here. God says, this is my name. It's all that I am, all that I've revealed of you. And then it comes home in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. But, and, and we miss this point and we get confused about this point and we leave it behind sometimes, Jesus is also God himself. Jesus is Son of God and Jesus is God himself incarnate in human flesh. So Jesus says in John to his disciples, I and the Father are one. And he tells his disciples in John 14, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? If you want to see the Father God, you look to me, Jesus. And Jesus isn't a a second God. The Holy Spirit isn't a third God. But they are, all three, one God. That's the meaning of this word trinity, a tri Unity. God is one, and we don't locate the Godhead any more in the Father than in the Son or than in the Spirit. The God, God is God. He's one God. They're not three acting like one. They're not three becoming one. They're not three agreeing like one. They are one, and they are three. And this to us is nonsense. It's absolutely ridiculous in our minds. And lots of people eddy out right there. They say, oh, here it comes, this illogical gobbledygook that we're all supposed to swallow. And they just jump out. But listen, this is exactly what the name of God is all about. God reveals himself to us. The real God, the living God, the one true God reveals himself to us, and it's beyond us. You see, we receive what God shows us of himself, and truth be told, we don't get it. It doesn't, uh, we can't understand it. It doesn't fit into our categories of logic and reason. It is an unresolvable conundrum. It's an unsolvable equation to us, but that doesn't mean it's false. In fact, that proves that it's true. If God was something that could be perfectly understood by us, that wouldn't be God. If any so-called God fits square within the confines of human reason, that's no God at all. God shows us himself. He reveals his name, his character, and the mystery of it, the fact that what God shows us of himself blows our minds is actually one of the very best arguments of the truth of it. And what are we supposed to do? What the third commandment calls us to do is to stay faithful to what God has revealed of himself. Don't bend it. Don't reduce it to make it understandable. Don't misrepresent the mystery Don't change God's reputation to make it more palatable to those around you. Just stay faithful to what God has revealed. Honor the name of the Lord. C.S. Lewis once told a story about standing in a, a dark tool shed 
and it was bright as day outside, but inside the tool shed, it was very dark. And, and there was a shaft of light coming down uh, from a crack near the roof, and he observed the beam of light. You know, he could see all the particles of dust and everything in the beam of light, but then he moved himself into the beam and looked up the beam of light, and he saw something totally different. The tool shed disappeared. No more darkness. And this is what he wrote about that. He said, instead, I saw, framed in the irregular cranny at the top of the door, green leaves moving on the branches of a tree outside. And beyond that, 90-odd million miles away, the sun. Here's what he said. Looking along the beam and looking at the beam are very different experiences. Okay, lean in. This is philosophical stuff, isn't it? Look, to honor the name of the Lord is to stand in the beam of his self-revelation. To say, Lord, I'll stand there and I'll receive. And I'm not going to understand everything that I see. In fact, it's almost blinding to my eyes to look at who you are and to try to respond to who you are, Lord. But I'll, I'll stand in your light and I'll look to you. And when I do, Lord, I will allow every thought, every opinion, every ethical conclusion, every philosophical claim, every bit of knowledge on which I have built my life, I will allow it, Lord, to be redefined in the light of Christ. You will be Lord of my mind. God insists that his reputation is his name, and we understand God's name to be all that God has revealed of himself. So you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. When is the the name of the Lord misused? Well, the name of the Lord is misused when we misrepresent God. When we disregard what he has revealed or otherwise teach something about God and his work that is not founded in Scripture. When a verse of Scripture is taken out of context, the name of God is being misused. When health and wealth prosperity is being promised to those who give to the church, all to the profit of the preacher, the name of the Lord is being misused. When preachers preach a a bent gospel and suggest that all paths lead to heaven, when they present a picture of God as some kind of friendly, grandfatherly God who never follows through on discipline, or a loving Santa Claus God who only has candy to bestow on her, or a universalist God who forgives all things with no repentance and no cost to grace, the name of the Lord is being misrepresented. You see. Now follow me. Forgiveness is open to all. There's no sin that cannot be covered and forgiven. But grace isn't free. Grace is costly. And the cost was paid by Jesus Christ when he shed his blood on the cross for you and for me. And when someone comes forward and presents a vision of God where there's no cost to grace, the cheap grace version of Christianity, Christianity without the cross, this is where The name of the Lord is being misused. So Peter warned the church. 2 Peter 2. But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. 
said, look now, not every voice is going to be the same voice. Not every teaching is going to be the same teaching. There are going to be false teachers. And they're going to try to tell you things about God that are not true. And they're going to try to convince you of things about God for their own benefit. And they're not true things. And Peter warned the church they will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them by his own blood. To follow the way of the third commandment is to honor the name of the Lord and to step into that blinding light and say, Jesus, I I don't understand everything, but I'm going to stand in your light, in the beam of God's self-revelation, and resolve to bring every thought I have about God captive to the truth he has revealed. Friends, can you defer to God as Lord of your mind? Say, I've had these opinions, I've had these beliefs, I've had these facts in my mind for years and years and years. But then something comes to you from the Word of God, and it, and it challenges that opinion. It contravenes that previous belief, or it reveals new information about that fact that you were holding on to. Will you trust the Lord to be Lord of your mind? Will you trust, even if it means resetting decisions that you've made, paths that you've been on, a direction that you've gone in your life on a different assumption, when the Lord brings his light into your life, can you trust the Lord to be Lord of your mind? Don't let the cement set entirely, all mixed up and set for life. God is still at work. Now, the question is, what do you allow to change your mind? What forces, what inputs do you allow to shape what you know of God? Listen, don't allow anything to shape your mind other than what has been revealed by God in His holy word. And then we grow. As we reshape our knowledge of God day by day, living in the word of God, following Jesus Christ more and more, removing any false notions we've picked up along the way, correcting confusions and wrong assumptions, we resolve to bring every thought captive to the lordship of Christ. He is the Lord of your mind. Amen. I hope I didn't lose you there. It's not just about letting a slip of the tongue It's not just about disregarding the name of the Lord, child's play on the playground. This is about who God has declared himself to be and our willingness to be faithful to him, even when it challenges our most cherished ideas about life, death, love, the world around us. For friends, we close with this. The name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Or Psalm 124, our help is in, what, say it with me, the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And Jesus is that name. 
Now, you see, I'm not just saying that Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, is that proper name of God. What I'm saying is that Jesus himself is the fulfillment. He's the perfect incarnation, the character and reputation of God. Jesus himself is the name of God. Jesus himself is the mighty tower you run to and find life. Jesus is your help. Jesus is your Lord. And that's what it means when it says in Acts, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Not some false God of your own making. Not some false, uh, some false name. Not a spiritual path you've constructed in your own mind as you've picked up this or that or the other thing about who God is or might be. No. Jesus. Jesus, if you want to know who God is, look to Jesus. He is Lord of your mind. Let's pray together. Lord, we know in one way or another these are high and and mighty thoughts that you have not left us in the dark, but you have shed your light on us, that you have not left us in silence, but you have declared your word to us. And for us, Lord, your creation, whom you love, what we see of you is beyond our thinking. It's beyond us. And you are great and marvelous and mighty. And Lord, in the battle for truth against falsehood, it's not just out there, it's, it's in here, it's in our own hearts and minds. So Lord, Speak to us day by day through your word. Speak to us day by day by the spirit of truth who completes all revelation. Lord, speak to us day by day that we might know you and love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.